Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you again to BCC this morning. I hope you had a great day. I hope you've enjoyed your morning so far. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, we are still in the middle of our This is Jesus series, where we're looking at not just the words of Jesus, but we're looking at the actions of Jesus. And today we are in Mark chapter 12. Mark is the second book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as you're turning there, I want to ask you a question. Where do you think God and government fit together in the society that we live in today? That's a question that I have wrestled with. It's a question that a lot of people wrestle with, and it's a question that we're going to be looking at today. You see, it's a topic of discussion that I hear about, and I've heard about actually for quite some time. What is the role of government in our lives, uh, specifically with regarding Christians, and does God have a place in government? Uh, How do Christians work within the context of government, Uh, or should they just be completely separate? Many times when we look at the trends that we see in our country, it seems that there have been more and more hard lines that have been created over the years that have been separating the role of government and God. In fact, more and more people seem to quote um, even the constitutional concept of separation in church of state uh, as a reason why we have to have both of them in separate categories. Well, this morning we're going to take some time and I'm going to do something that's a little unconventional. You see, um, I've heard people say over the years that there's two things you really shouldn't talk to other people about. Uh, one is government or politics, uh, and the second is religion. And uh, well, I'm a pastor, so the second one's really hard for me not to do because we're talking about God all the time and our relationship with God. Um, But the first one is something we need to talk about as well. So we're going to um, bypass conventional, uh, the convention, and we're going to talk this morning a little bit about government and God, specifically the role of government and the role of God and how the two of them fit together. And the reason why we're doing this is because Jesus talked about it. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 12. We're going to begin reading uh, verse 13. And before we get started, um, I just want to open in a word of prayer. So just join me as we get started. Father, I just come before you today, and I want to thank you for each person uh, that's a part of our service today. Lord, I pray as we open up your word and we look at Scripture that we would have a very clear understanding of the role of Scripture the role that God, Lord, that you have in our lives and the role of governing authorities in our lives. God, may our hearts be open to hear from you and may we apply it to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to begin reading in verse 13. Scripture says, Later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity, You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who you are, to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? Interesting question and really relevant for us today. Let me give you a little background of what's going on here, and then we're going to talk about how it connects. There's two different groups in this passage that are speaking to Jesus. There are the Pharisees, and then there are the Herodians. And the Pharisees were people that were passionate. They were spiritual leaders, and they were passionate about the Old Testament law, and they were passionate about Judaism in general. And they were very much in favor of Jewish rule, and they were opposed to the Roman Empire. Then you have another group of people, and they were called the Herodians. And they were followers of Herod, 
and they were under the government rule of Herod. Herodians followed Herod, and Herod lived and and, uh, and ruled under uh, Rome. And the Herodians were in favor and supported the people of Rome. So both of these two people come to Jesus. They didn't normally associate with each other because they had completely polarized beliefs, but they came to Jesus unified for a purpose, and it wasn't a good purpose. They asked him a question specifically about taxation, and they specifically wanted to know whether or not followers under the Jewish law should be followers where they pay the tax to Rome or they don't pay the tax to Rome. Interesting question, and it caused a significant problem for Jesus, because if Jesus said yes, he should pay the tax, we as followers should pay the tax, he would be betraying his own people by saying it's okay for us to be ruled by the Roman government. But if he said, no, he shouldn't pay the tax or we shouldn't pay the tax, there was a risk of being labeled a rebel against the authority of the Roman government. So maybe you can see the tension that's happening here. These two groups come to Jesus, ask them a simple question, ask him a simple question, and the question is simply, do we or do we not pay the tax to the Roman government? If he says, yes, we should pay the tax to the Roman government, then we're supporting Rome and we're betraying our own people. And if we say no, we're actually supporting our own people, but we're at risk of being labeled a rebel against the Roman rulers. This is a great question for us to talk about today because the scripture is so relevant for us today. What it's really doing is saying, what is the role of government in our lives and what is the role of God in our lives? So Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, talks about this and this is how he responds. Let's look at verse 15. It says, Jesus knew their hypocrisy. What was their hypocrisy? Well, they came to him first with all types of of, of words that encouraged them and, and supported him, words that buttered him up, if you will. And he says to them, why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. You see, just when they thought they had Jesus right where they wanted him, he did something that none of them imagined. He answered the question by teaching them that the answer was not one or the other. The answer is actually both. This morning, I want you to hear that Jesus shows us how God and government work together. Jesus shows us how God and government work together. And there are specific ways. There is a specific way how God and government work together and how it applies to each one of us today, right here, right now. This is what he said. The way that they work together is summed up in his response in verse 17, when he said, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. What he's talking about is authority. What he's talking about regarding authority is directly linked to ownership. And what he's saying is there are some things that belong to Caesar and they should go to Caesar. And then there are some things that belong to God and they should go to God. And when you look at life, you look at your governing authorities and your leaders, there are some things that belong to them and you should give that to them. And then there are some things that belong to God And those things belong to God. So the question that I have this morning is, what things belong to Caesar and what things belong to God? What's really interesting about the way Jesus responds about this or to this is that 
he makes it pretty clear that Caesar has authority over some things. And we're going to talk about those in just a moment. But here's the most important part, you guys. God has authority over everything. Caesar may have authority over some things, but God has authority over everything. Now, how do we know what Caesar has authority over? Because Jesus asked for a coin. And as the scripture says, he took a coin, a denarius, and a denarius was simply a silver coin that was made during the Roman Empire, and and there was an imprint on that coin, a metal coin. And the imprint on that coin was the image of the ruler or the Caesar during that time. So he takes this coin and he holds it up and he asks the question, whose image is on the coin? And this is why he did it, because the coin belonged to Caesar. And the reason why the coin belonged to Caesar is because the coin bore the image of Caesar. You see, when something bears your image, it belongs to you. And he had authority over what belonged to him. What does that mean? It means Caesar created the laws of the land. Caesar created the governing structures of the land. He could choose to govern justly or he could choose to be corrupt. It didn't matter. What matters is that he had control over the governance structure and the authority of the land. And his, his face on that coin illustrated and proved that very point. Jesus points out that Caesar has authority as the governing ruler because his image is on the coin. So what about God? If Caesar has authority over some things, and God has authority over everything, what does that mean? And here's what it means. Because though the coin bears the image of Caesar, you and I bear the image of God. As the coin bears the image of Caesar, you guys, we bear the image of God. And what that means is that, in fact, all creation, Scripture says, bears the image or the fingerprint of God. In Romans, the Apostle Paul says that all of creation gives testimony to the presence of God simply because it is creation. And its existence gives testimony and testifies to God's existence. In Genesis 1, in Genesis 1.27, we see that when God made man, he made us in his very own image. That he made us in his image, male and female he made us, but we are made in the image of God to know God and to have relationship with God. If you will, his image is imprinted on our hearts. And just like Caesar's image is imprinted on a coin and he has authority over governing, God has his image imprinted on our hearts. But you know what's so incredible about this? We belong to God because we bear his image. But you know what that also means? It means Caesar belonged to God as well. So when Jesus is talking to the spiritual leaders during that time, and he looks at the Pharisees and he looks at the Herodians, he says, listen, you want to know whether you should pay taxes to Caesar. Well, Caesar's image is on the coin and that belongs to Caesar. But God's image is on your heart and God's image is on Caesar's heart and everything belongs to God. Now, you might be here listening this morning saying, okay, what does that mean for me today? And what does that have to do with how God and government go together? I want to show you two simple things this morning, why this truth is so important and why we should apply it to our lives today. The first is this, obedience to governing authorities is obedience to God. I'll say that again. Obedience to governing authorities is obedience to God. In Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul says this in verses 1 through 2. He says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, 
For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Moving along to verse 6, he says, This is why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now, this scripture is not saying the governing leaders are at the same level or on the same level of God. No, that's not what's being said here. What Paul is saying is there is an authority that belongs to our governing leaders, but that authority only comes from God. And when we obey our governing authorities, when you and I obey our governing authorities, it is as if we are obeying God because all of the governing authorities submit to God. God is responsible for all of them. God owns all of it. He is the ultimate authority. So if obedience to governing authorities is obedience to God, this is why this is so important. Listen, rebellion against governing authorities is also rebellion against God. I'm going to say that again. If obedience to governing authorities is obedience to God, rebellion against governing authorities is rebellion against God. And the Apostle Paul reinforces this truth in the passage we just read. He said very clearly, he said that when we subject ourselves to governing authorities, it is as if we are subjecting ourselves to God because there is no authority except under the authority of God. And when we rebel against them, we are also rebelling against God. This is such an incredible truth for you and I to grasp today. You might be listening to what I'm saying and you might be saying, are you asking me and saying that as followers of Christ, that we have a responsibility to obey and submit to our governing authorities? And the answer to that is yes. We do. And you might say, but, but I, don't, I don't like some of the things that they do. Or what if they're doing something that I don't agree with? And, and this is what I want you to hear first before we move any further. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Rome, to Christians in Rome, during a time when Nero actually ruled Rome. And Nero was not a kind leader. Christians were burned at the stake under the rule of Nero. People were treated unjustly and there was corruption and there was all types of inappropriate and immoral activity happening. And yet the Apostle Paul says, let everyone be subject to governing authorities. It doesn't seem to make sense when I read that. How can the two of them go together? And what we need to understand first and foremost before we look at anything else is that God recognizes that there are governing leaders and authorities in this world that he has put in place and we have a responsibility first to obey and submit to those authorities as if we are obeying to God. Why? Obeying God. Why? Because each one of those authorities submit to God. They are responsible. They, their authority is, is underneath God and God is above them. Now, what I want to talk about briefly regarding this, why I think this is so important, because this is a hard subject to talk about. And I really do believe this. But people who can't honor and respect their governing authorities will never be able to honor and respect God. Why is it that Jesus is so direct about this? Why does the Apostle Paul encourage Christians to follow this 
process and to respect and to obey governing authorities. And I believe, and you see all through Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, when you cannot honor and respect the governing authorities around you, you will not be able to honor and respect God. In fact, I'll go another step further and say that people who tend to struggle with obeying governing authorities, they don't really have a leadership issue. They have an authority issue. When you listen to people sometimes that struggle with governing authorities, and when I'm talking about governing authorities, I'm not just talking about the government. I'm talking about anyone that actually has some type of authority over us. Maybe it's your boss in a work environment. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a spouse where you have a relationship and the two of you have a mutually submitted relationship where one of you has a stronger voice in something than the other at different times. It doesn't matter what area I'm talking about. Maybe it's church leadership and you're talking about pastors or elders or teachers. Generally speaking, when people struggle with governing authorities, they're not just looking at one area. It's usually an issue of authority and not an issue of leadership. And when God's speaking to us through these passages, he's saying, Christians, followers of Jesus, make it your business to obey the governing authorities because they are under God. When you do so, you are being obedient to God, not just to them. So as a result, what does that mean? It means in this world that I live in, the country that I live in, the government says I have to pay taxes. You know what I have to do? I have to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes. I don't like to pay taxes. I get upset when I pay taxes. Maybe you do too. Whoever came up with the payroll deduction option years and years ago was a genius because I really do believe as a country, if we had to write a checkout every month or quarter for our taxes, there would be a revolution knowing how much money goes out for taxes. And, and we have to pay taxes because we live underneath government rule and government authority. Today, we're in the middle of this pandemic, and one of the things that the government has asked us to do is wear masks when we go places. You know, I thought about this, and I talked about it last Sunday when I was speaking, that anytime I go somewhere and I have to get out of my car and put a mask on, I just don't like doing it. I don't like doing it, and I wish I didn't have to do it. But can I tell you, if I'm going to do what Jesus is telling me to do, I'm going to wear my mask. And you know why? Because the government is asking me to do it, and if I'm going to be really that honest about it, it's really not about so much my preference. It's about the preferences of others. So if they're asking me to do it, I'm going to obey what they're asking me to do because in the context of what they're asking me to do, there's nothing wrong with them asking me to do it. I'm going to social distance because they're asking me to social distance. And if I can obey my governing authorities, I am obeying God. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a place to ask questions and to challenge things. That's not what Jesus is talking about. What I'm talking about specifically is that we need to do things in a way that demonstrates honor and respect. And if I can say this very directly, I'm going to say there are a lot of people that have very strong opinions about what our government does well and doesn't do well, mainly what they don't do well. And if you watch the way our government leaders actually lead, it almost seems more like a... Um, uh, like a food fight sometimes between two sides of the table where one side's saying one thing and the other, thing, other side is saying something different. And it gets really exhausting sometimes to see the bombs that get thrown over the fence back and forth over and over again as people are arguing and fighting back and forth. The danger that Christians have 
is that we can jump into that and we can be just like everyone else, where we become so impassioned about our opinions that we lose sight of the need to be respectful. We lose sight of the need to be honoring. We lose sight of the fact that those people that we're criticizing and critiquing still have an authority over us and that authority came from God. Do you see that? And do you recognize that? We have to remember, guys. Church, we have to remember that just because we don't like what some of our leaders are doing, just because we don't like some of the policies and the laws that they may put in place, doesn't mean that we shouldn't be honoring and respecting and following their instructions. Why? Because being obedient to God, I'm sorry, being obedient to our governing authorities is as being obedient to God. That's the first point. The second point, and this point is very significant, is this. Our obedience to governing authorities is conditional on their obedience to God. Our obedience to governing authorities is conditional on their obedience to God. And here's what I mean by that. Though there is an authority that God gives to governing leaders, parents, church leaders, management, bosses, it doesn't matter. It all comes from God. All of that authority is limited. And what I mean by that is that they do not have the ultimate final say in my life, nor should they have in your life. And what is the criteria? Anything that they're asking of us that goes outside of God's will, anything that disobeys God, is not something that we are obligated to do. But we have to remember that their authority doesn't come from themselves. The authority only comes from God. When Jesus stood before Pilate and he was on trial, and Jesus was asked by Pilate question after question, Jesus didn't respond. And I think of Jesus' response finally when Pilate talked to him and John 11, I'm sorry, John 19, chapter 10, John 19, verse 10. Pilate says, why don't you talk to me? Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? And then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. And in that moment, we can remember that everything belongs to God. And everything is subject to God. And though the authorities around us have responsibilities and they have um, authority to institute laws that they ultimately need to submit to God as well. There are many examples when the instruction of leaders and governments disobey God and the followers of God must choose to obey God over government. In the Old Testament, you can look at many examples. I think of Daniel um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or you might know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when Nebuchadnezzar put a law in place that they were not allowed to pray to any other god but himself, they weren't going to obey that law. Why? Because there was only one god for them to pray to. And though they didn't want to disrespect the leaders that they sat under, what the leader was asking them to do was outside of God's plan, and that they were being asked to disobey God. In Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John were going through the city and they were proclaiming the good news of Jesus, 
and they were teaching about the resurrection of Jesus, the, the spiritual leaders came to them and they told them not to speak about the message of Jesus anymore. And in verse 18, it says, then they, the spiritual leaders, called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to listen to you rather than God. For we cannot speak, stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. You see, there is a line. God calls each one of us to be in obedience to the governing authorities around us, to those that he's put in authority over us, whether it's a government leader or whether it's a family member or a parent, whether it's a boss, like I said before, he calls us to pay taxes, we should pay taxes. If he calls us to wear masks, we should wear masks. If the government asks us as a church to adjust our service times and to change our ministry model for a period of time, I can do that with a comfortableness and a confidence because here's what I do know. The government is not attacking Christianity. If things change, and we are then asked at some point to support laws and rules that disobey God, then we have to ask ourselves who the ultimate authority is. You see, I will support my leadership and my government in humility because they ask us to, because I'm supporting God in the same, in the same vein. But I would not support a government that tells me that I should perform or support abortions because it's against God's plan. I wouldn't follow a business policy that I know is illegal. And I wouldn't stop sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ just because a government authority asked me to do so. See, there's a line, my friends. There's a line that each one of us has to ask. And as we're walking through this season, and the season of our life right now is very unique and very um, unprecedented, and everybody seems to have an opinion. And sometimes if we're not careful, we spend too much time advocating for our rights. When Jesus tells us as followers of Christ to lay your rights down. American Christianity can be confused sometimes with legitimate Christianity. Yes, we live in a great country and yes, we have rights. And yes, we need to stand up for the defense of, of people and freedoms. And those things are important and we do it with Reverence, we do it with honoring, we do it with respect, but may we never confuse, may we never confuse our allegiance. I don't ever want to be called an American before I'm called a follower of Jesus. I don't ever want to be called a follower of Jesus after I am a follower of the, the country that I live in. I don't ever want to be a citizen of the United States before I'm a citizen of heaven. It's important for you and I to remember that during this time that we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to walk with an attitude of humility and submission and obey those around us. Why? Because by doing so, we obey God. And the only criteria, the only condition that Jesus shows us that differs from that is when the governing authorities are no longer in obedience to God. Now, you might hear that this morning and say, I, I don't know if I can do that, or that's really hard for me to consider. 
How can I even do that? How do I have the ability to do that? And you know what I absolutely love about the way that Jesus lived? The scripture says in Luke 2.52 that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. And you know what that means? It means that Jesus chose to walk a path on earth in a way that showed us that we could also walk like him. People could look at things, and, they, and I've heard people say this before. Um, well, I can't do that. Jesus did it, but I'm not Jesus, and Jesus was God. He grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and with men. He came to earth in a humble way, grew as a boy, learned as a boy, was filled with the Spirit of God, and was tempted, the Bible says, in every way that we could be tempted, and yet in those temptations, never sinned. And you know, know what he did? He modeled what it looked like to be obedient to leadership, but also be obedient to God. When you look at the life of Christ, you can see that he obeyed the governing authorities. There's not much recorded of his younger years, but you can see whether he was younger or when he started his public ministry, that he followed the Jewish laws. He followed the Jewish laws and he followed the instruction of those that were around him. He went to synagogue and he taught and he preached. He shared from the Torah. He followed um, the, the, the traditions and the feasts that they had. When it came to the spiritual leaders, he respected them and he honored them. He honored his parents, even when he knew more than them. He followed all of the instructions and he didn't contradict the word of God. In fact, he even submitted to the Roman officials and the leaders when the laws that were in place said that he could be crucified for something he never did. He could be crucified because the people chose him over a common criminal. He stood, he didn't defend himself, and he submitted himself to the law of the land. Listen, he submitted himself to the law of the land even though the consequence was to be crucified. And why did he do it? Because it was an obedience to God. That's why he did it. Can I tell you this morning, I don't know what your background is. I don't know what you're wrestling with. I don't know what your relationship with God is. Here's what I do know. The more we learn to respect and obey the authorities that God has called us to sit under, the easier it is for us to obey the authority of God. As I grow in my relationship with Christ, he teaches me to submit under the authority of the leaders around me. And the more that I willingly do that, instead of defending my rights for all of these different things, the more I can look more like him. What about you? We have a great opportunity right now in this world to be the light of Christ to people around us. And can I tell you, it's not going to be a message that people are going to receive because we protest louder than anyone else. Because we make bigger signs. Because we say more things on social media that are contradictions or divisive. The way that the world is going to know who the real Jesus is is the way that we love, is the way that we honor, is the way that we revere others. And we do that because he is ultimately 
in control of everything. Let's pray. Father, I just come before you this morning and I want to ask today, God, as we look at the role of God in government, as we look at authorities in our lives, Lord, may we be reminded today that though it may be hard sometimes, God, for us to look at the leadership around us, the people that are in place, may we never lose sight of the fact that when you call us to obey and to follow, that we are ultimately submitted to obeying you. And that God, our heart is going to be so closely connected with yours that that we would always want to obey you and follow you above anyone else. So God, as we walk in obedience with those leaders, as we follow the leaders that you've put in our lives, may we always be close enough to you to know when they're asking us to walk in ways that honor you and to recognize ways that don't. God, help our lives be a testimony that honors you. In Jesus' name we pray.